Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and even if I lose my life, I'll pour it out like a liquid offering. Today, Marin's here to tell us why joy is a choice and how we can train ourselves to choose it even amidst the worst of circumstances. But before we lower the lap bar, strap in and flex our mom arms, now that they've white knuckled their way through the scariest moment of their lives, there's only one thing to do on this roller coaster, and that's let go and strain intensely towards our favorite co-host, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. <laughs> Good day. Good day, that Tyler. Was so excellent. That was a what, mouthful. What, of the of the four people in that photo of Marin's family, which one are you? Yes, let's in, start with in, the roller uh, coasters. Roller coaster. Okay, well, first, pick, like, first of all, it's called a clamshell restraint, and it's very safe and effective. Okay, there. all there. right. That was some feedback I got from the sermon this week. It's called um, a clamshell restraint. Are you are yeah, you the, are you the Jed like mocking danger? Are you the Desi who's like thrilled even though you've just begun roller coasters? Or are you the the Jaden just having a great time? Or are, are you, are you me? in the living hell of Marin? Yeah, I'm asking you. Which which so one are you, you on roller coasters? Um, <laughs> well, the best part about that photo, I have two things. One, Jed with the sunglasses. <laughs> Too cool. Too cool. Oh, no. It looked like the roller coaster was happening indoors. Oh, was it my happening gosh. indoors? No, no. The Raging Bull is very much an okay. outdoor coaster. Well, how did he manage to keep his sunglasses on? I don't know. Genuinely. Anyways. Like, if you notice, Jaden's hat is turned around backwards. That's uh-huh. so that, like, the air wouldn't catch the bill of the cap or whatever. I wish I was more like Jed. Oh, my goodness. probably like Jaden. Yeah, Jade is like cautiously having yeah. fun. He yeah. still has both hands on the That's bar, but he's he's smiling. <laughs> but man, Jed and Desi, just I love that picture. It's the way that Desi's like little ponytail is flipping in yeah, the wind, yeah. and it's blast. like her first major coaster, and she's given a thumbs up to oh, the yeah. camera. Oh yeah, how did yeah. she have and the Jed, wherewithal to do that? Jed's pointing to the camera like he's doing a touchdown celebration, <laughs> like he knew right <laughs> or, where the camera as you was. Said your, as you said in your sermon, mocking death. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> mocking death. All right, Marion, you shared the photo that you talked about one of our earliest pods. Yeah, like we've talked about this before, it's and we we put it on our website, and <laughs> it has been semi-public for years. But now right. you chose for the world to see. One of your worst moments. I did. I did choose it. But here's what I didn't choose. The slow zoom on my terrified face. That was new to even me. And my family was dying. Oh, my goodness. You know, you're always a little bit like, I don't know if you're like this, Barry, but like if you show a picture of your wife while you're preaching or if if you show a picture of your family, you're cautious of like, oh, are they going to be okay with this? You know, but my kids were just rolling and my husband (laughs) thought. It was hilarious, and thank God it was very self-deprecating. But oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. Oh, uh, man. Barry, are you a roller coaster guy? I used to be. I haven't been on one in like literally probably fifteen years, so I don't know. Wow. I probably I'm probably like probably pass out now, or I'm too old, or my body would hurt. <laughs> yeah. But like I love I loved them back in the day. <laughs> yeah, um, Marin, with your teens. Do they convince you to do roller coasters now or no, is this an off limits thing now? It's it's it was only something I did with them 
out of fear, like I said in my message, just to keep them physically restrained in the seat. Um, the last time we went to a theme park together, we went with my in-laws. Mind you, my in-laws are well into their 60s and <laughs> yeah. they're riding the coasters, like front yeah. row, wow. loving, loving the coasters. We went to Cedar Point and mm-hmm. I made a decision that day and you might remember this day. Oh, I remember. I made a decision. You made your Instagram. <laughs> I was going to what presence what, known. What would Marin do at a theme park? Like, if I have to go to theme parks, how can I just like completely release myself from my family for their own good, so that they yeah. don't have like worried mom like <laughs> giving them all the darkest, yeah. the darkest scenarios. You know, if you go on that ride, you might perish. <laughs> you know, like. I'm, so, <laughs> like, have you, have I, you thought I, about dismemberment, young ones? Let's yeah, talk about have it. you? Did you did you consider that? I knew a girl once who. Um, No. So I I ate hot dogs. I rode the train. Um, I actually loved that Cedar Point had a a makeshift beach, if you will. And I sat in a cabana and just thought about life. (laughs) So your fear did. (laughs) You made it sound, first of all, in your sermon, you made it sound like you were fearful for your children. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. This makes it sound like the fear for your children does not exist. The fear is yours and yours alone. For or, or in the moment of deepest crisis, the fear for yourself <laughs> overwhelms the fear for your children. Because like they're still going on the roller coaster, no. but you're not you're not worried about the mom bar. Mom no, arm there now. came a point where you realize, and you, you might get this to this point someday with your own children, Tyler. You realize you cannot stop them. <laughs> they're going to do what they're going to do, oh, and. No. Like I've already be, realized be, it. Because I have so much fear and anxiety in my heart, if I followed them from ride to ride, the day would just be torture for me. Like waiting for them to survive these rides and praying, like constantly yeah. praying, please God, keep them safe. Keep them safe. <laughs> and he's like, like, I am. That's why I had people invent the clamshell bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Uh, All right. So uh, what else is new? What's going on? I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while. Guys, have you seen the bathroom that Olivia has oh, redone? Oh, my goodness. In our, in yeah. Our DIY. yeah, she's I don't know what is happening. She's turning into a straight up DIY pro and it. I, I can't even describe it. She just released on on like Facebook a video of like the the vanity portion of it, and yeah. it's just it's incredible. And and she's doing it all herself, and it's all like very, I mean, relatively affordable stuff. And I'm well, just you were in there with your coveralls and your saw. Yeah. For a sec, I helped, I helped with the vanity. We did a live yeah. edge slab, another live edge slab. So I flattened it. I did some work on sanding it. I got the hole cut out for the, for the sink. Um, so I did my part, but everything else like tiling behind it, the, Oh, I also Unbelievable. did the lights. Anyway, Liv's amazing. She's it's amazing. Really, it's incredible. There was that video is what? 30 seconds long or something. And probably for 25 seconds of that, I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> right. I don't know even what that is. I right. know. How did she get that to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah. And she'll do us a, a part two soon, which is of the whole, the rest of the bathroom, like the whole tub area. I mean, it, yes. guys, it's like luxurious in there now. There's like plants hanging. It looks like you're walking into like some like fancy rich jungle. Uh, it's absolutely cool. That's so anyway, amazing. That's what's new in, I, in our world. This is like. She wasn't into this when you bought that house. No, she wasn't into she, any of this. I was the I was the handy guy in the workshop, yeah. like, <laughs> and now she's just doing it. And and part of it's just because with her makeup business having kind of really 
been reduced in COVID, she's just got a lot of time on her hands. And so she's just going around. She's she's now redone three, all three of our, we've got two and a half bats and she's redone all of them completely. Like, and it's, it's oh, wild. Man. She's amazing. It's like she, she exists to make things beautiful. That's and if she, if she, you know, if her, if her business isn't Why keeping do you think her I'm busy, so attractive? <laughs> beautiful. she'll make her house beautiful. Yeah. It's just incredible. She just spreads this beauty everywhere Absolutely. she goes. I want yeah. her to come to my house, spread some of that beauty around. I know. Anyway, she's, she's great. And so I, that's, that's what's new in our world. I've, I've been kind of busy with work, so my life's boring, but that's, that's the new exciting thing around here. Yep. Tyler, are you going to tell the story? nice to come home to that bathroom? My gosh. <laughs> What'd you say, Marin? To come home to that bathroom after a dizzying day at work it must be unreal. It's it's amazing. Um, are you going to tell the story, Tyler, or are you deciding it's too uh, inter- inappropriate? <laughs> I can tell the story, friends of the pod. <laughs> if you're queasy or don't oh, like no. listening to children stories about children uh, doing bad things, oh no, and. Uh, Bowel movements. Fast skip, forward. Skip ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, skip ahead. This is bound to offend somebody. Marin, have you heard this yet? Have you heard about oh, it? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. We, we so, both got the text, Barry. We Friday. apologize in advance, Wait. but this is part of raising children. So please, please Saturday. let us commiserate. Uh, my wife just wanted a day out, hang out with her friend, <laughs> which she deserves. So she was gone for six hours, and it became dinner time. And so I was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna eat dinner." I don't even remember what we had, but. The kids were good during dinner time. Um, and so I gave both of them Oreo cookies. Hero good dad. Move. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time win. Taught Milo, you know, the Dunkin' and the milk thing. Big t- big win. Lane, who just turned one uh, this, this week. This week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this week. Uh, Hero dad, had a, again. Had an Oreo and got it all over himself. So it's all over. It's in his hair. It's in his face. It's in his on his shirt everywhere and uh so you know gotta gotta do the bath time it's saturday night barry and i were scheduled to play video games in like an hour um (laughs) so i was like all right we we got time for a quick bath so i get him in the bathtub i'm like and i see uh bubbles that are it says relax and sleep or something so i'm like great perfect bedtime's coming up next i'm gonna dump a ton of these bubbles in to get these kids tired and the bubbles fill the tub, put the kids in the tub. They're having a blast. Uh, Milo's like dunking his face in the water, getting bubbles all over his face. He says, I'm Santa Claus and all that stuff. Uh, my parents got Milo and Lane a bathtub toy for Christmas that actually, that essentially um, acts like a water pump. So you stick it on the side of the tub. The bottom part is in the water and it's pumping water out. And it serves as like a faucet. You can fill up cups or whatever. Um, so Mil- Milo's drinking that, which is disgusting in my opinion. But <laughs> yeah, of course, that's what he wanted to do. So um, he's doing that. Lane is, you know, splashing. He's doing what one-year-olds do in the tub. Um, and so he's not covered up in water yet. He's just like bottom half in the tub. <laughs> so I take a cup of water and I scoop out some of the bubbles and I dump it on him to get all of him covered in water so he's not freezing cold above the water level. And I notice, you know, the water's a little not uh, not as clear as I thought it should be. So I don't really think anything of it because I'm like, that soap, that the bubble soap was kind of like 
a weird yellow anyway. So maybe uh, (laughs) that's what I'm looking at here. Because if you (laughs) scoop out some of the bubbles, you can see the water is not clear. Okay, so whatever. It's probably just the soap. All right, so we go on for like 20 minutes. Milo's still drinking the water. He's dumping his face in. The baby's doing what he's doing with with toys. And then I'm like, all right, it's time to wash everybody. And so I start washing Lane with a rag and um, soap and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm making more. (laughs) I, I can see more of the water. And I see these like these little brown floaty things oh, in the water. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe maybe he got more Oreos on him than I thought because <laughs> I gave him cookies and maybe he just got more on him than I thought. Uh, carry on. So I'm still in, um, mind you, Lauren's still gone. Okay. Right. It's just me. Uh, and uh, so keep going. 10 minutes later, um, the bubbles are almost gone. <laughs> In the, in the tub and I see a big brown floaty thing <laughs> surface itself in the middle of the tub and I don't know if I shared this story two years ago but there was a moment two years ago when Milo was about Lane's age and uh, he went to the bathroom in the tub saw it and thought it was a snake and he has traumatized. been traumatized ever since that moment and he was like snake snake when he was little yeah and so that came flooding back i could tell i said milo i think lane went potty in the bathtub and that came those images i could tell just came flooding back to him and so he looks he stands up and he screams like he's he's an insane person he's staring at what we've been we've resigned ourselves to it is it is it is lane having gone to the potty in the bathtub in the bath water that Uh-oh. Milo's been drinking for 30 minutes. Dunking <laughs> <laughs> his probiotics. Uh, and so Milo's screaming. I pick up Lane. I'm like, Milo, get out of the tub. God, get out of the tub. <laughs> I'm freaking out because I'm disgusted. Uh, and that is the exact moment that Lauren walks into the door when everybody's screaming and, I, and Lauren's like, what is going on? I'm like, we need your help. We need your help. <laughs> Hero dad. Lauren, yeah, Lauren comes and uh, saves the day, cleans it all up. Uh, I have to give Milo extra showers, brush his teeth a bunch of times. Lane has to take an extra bath. Um, it never fails. When she leaves the house, destruction, chaos, into. <laughs> so that's what's new with me. Oh my goodness. It, uh, it, it's astonishing. If it's not, you know, throwing up into the heating vent on the side of your that's bathroom right. toilet. I mean, you've. you've she wasn't here for that it. either. No, no. Every time she leaves. Boys. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 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 Yep. All right. So that's a perfect transition into uh, week four <laughs> of our five. Five weeks. Press on, on Tyler. Did Press you rejoice? On. Did you rejoice in the Lord, Tyler? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is before I saw your, your rejoice message. I was not rejoicing. <laughs> I was not choosing joy. Uh, week four of a five-week series together, where we are studying the book of Philippians. Marin, you're here. Um, well, because you're always here, but specifically and especially because you gave the sermon this past weekend, and I'm always excited to talk to you about your sermons because I know that it's still a little uncomfortable. It is. For you. 
It is. So. You know, the, the weirdest part is your intros where I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said that. Oh, yeah. he picked up on that. And, uh, those are fun. <laughs> yeah. Barry, you get all that right. all the time. It's old hat yeah. to you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But So you uh, <laughs> primarily focus on Philippines 3. Yes. And for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, can you tell us what the big idea is or was of your sermon last weekend? Yeah. Um, rejoicing in the Lord is how Paul kicks off that, that entire chapter. And then I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it's also how he kicks off chapter four. And it just becomes this big theme of choosing to rejoice no matter your circumstances. And he even says, I tell you this again and again, and I do so to safeguard your faith. Um, and then a, a little bit further down, he goes into um, how he focuses on uh, forgetting what's in the past and pressing on uh, to reach the goal, to reach the prize um, to which Jesus in or God and Jesus is calling us upward. And so it was just about praise regardless of your circumstances as a vehicle, Mm. as an exercise in letting go and moving forward. Um, Mm. Yeah. And praise being a way that we um, essentially train ourselves to be able to run the race with endurance. Yeah. And one of the, I mean, first of all, before we get into the the meat of the the sermon, how are you feeling? Because you (laughs) delivered this sermon from your home uh, under the weather of COVID. So yeah. how are you feeling? Are you, um, are you good to go now? Clean bill of health? I feel good to go. I, I, so we're all out of quarantine officially as of yeah, like so your this whole family week. Had it. The whole family had it. All four of us have positive diagnoses and they're telling you, um, it's crazy. Like the state, I don't know if this happened to you, Tyler, but like the state calls you a bunch of times. The city of Fishers called me a bunch of times. Hmm. And so they're really keeping tabs and wanting you to be aware of when you leave your house and, you know, yeah. when you need to kind of do everything you can, everything you can to not leave your house. They even mm-hmm. offered, you know, if you need services, if you need groceries delivered, you know, we have agencies to help you with that. And thankfully that we didn't need that the whole time we were quarantined, but it was kind of a crazy, um, just crazy learning curve to see like yeah. how, um, our government and our cities are responding to this epidemic, hmm. um, pandemic, um, we are out of quarantine as of this week. My husband's back to work and the kids could have gone back to school in person, but they've elected to finish out their semester school online um, at oh, home. Really? Mm-hmm. But right. I would say by and large, we are out of the woods. It's weird now because, you know, my daughter told me two or three nights ago that her throat was itchy. And that could be allergy related, but because right. we just came yeah. through COVID, you just don't know, like, is that a lingering? Are you still like kicking some symptoms mm-hmm. right now? I have like some head congestion, which is also totally normal for me in <laughs> right, January. <I> too. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, is that a lingering like remnant mm-hmm. of COVID? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know when we would officially like test negative, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so much unknown, but the general guidelines are you isolate for 10 days once you have been, you know, initially you starting to feel symptoms. Right, 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 yeah. right. Which we all were able to do, thankfully. Um, no problem. Actually, um, 
couple different people dropped off little care packages on our front porch and shout nice. out to the 146th street, uh, what is it? Community life team that yeah. one, they brought us this care package that had like playing cards and chocolates and a get well card. And my daughter who loves gifts was just over the moon, like that this little care package showed up on our front doorstep. So, I mean, maybe yeah. nobody told community life that I had COVID. <laughs> so afraid to like say anything about it because I was afraid that that would happen that someone would be like they didn't give me a package well thanks anyway guys thank you guys my daughter loved it good I'm glad you guys are all feeling better Um, okay back to the sermon Uh, yes so it takes a special kind of person to include the word joy 16 times in a letter written from prison which is what Paul did here in Philippians right Yep. Is that just Philippians 3 or is that the whole letter? <sighs> Through the letter, throughout the letter, okay. four chapters. It's a very short letter, but we see that theme again and again and again. So he included the word joy 16 times. And and th- obviously you said it, that's one of your biggest messages here is an attitude of joy is, is, is a choice, <clears throat> even when our circumstances take a turn for the worse. Yeah. Um, so in verse 13, chapter 3, Philippians, Paul says he's forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And you shared a very personal story of Mm -hmm. the last 18 months of your life, primarily summer of 2020, Mm -hmm. where you called it my my front porch moment or Mm -hmm. uh, where you were looking back, as you put it, you were haunted by the the what ifs of of your life and some of the choices you made. Um, And and for anybody who hasn't heard it yet, but. I want to give you the opportunity to share a little bit more about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about your, your moment on the porch and what that, yeah. what that was like? And um, yeah. 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 It was, I want to June of 2020 um, just kind of feeling like you needed that alone time. You needed that quiet time with the Lord. So I had some coffee and I'm sitting on my front porch and um, I'll call her out by name. Amy Snow, my dear, dear friend, gave me this oh, yeah. beautiful white rose bush <laughs> in honor of my mom. Um, and I'll just tell a funny side note because I know Amy's probably listening. But Amy no, she had- definitely is. She's, she's <laughs> yeah. the, the, the yeah. one person <laughs> a couple months ago when we said, ah, we're celebrating three years. I doubt anybody's ever listened to every episode. She found me in church and was like, actually, I've listened to every episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. definitely so she, listening. She uh, conspired, which was super sweet of her asking my husband, like, Hey, is there a certain flower that reminds me of her mom? I just want to be able to bless her this way. And oh, cool. my mom is the only person I know to have poured a bottle of bleach on the rose bush in the front yard of the house where we lived because my mom was so afraid of like not having a green thumb. She's like, why even bother? I- this thing alive. <laughs> so oh, no. The only roses she ever had. So that's hilarious. So I love that this is a rose bush in honor of my mom. It yeah, truly yeah. is. And it like brings this like funny memory back to me as much as it brings like all the soulish, like just memories that any memorial to any loved one would, would bring. So that's funny. My mom, my mom for you. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm basically confessing in this moment on the front porch that I realize I had essentially been living like with one foot in the past or like one foot back home, if you will. 
trying yeah. to be here, trying to be fully to do the work that God has called me to do. But if I were being honest with myself and with God, constantly looking rear view mirror, asking myself those what if questions mm. constantly. What if my kids had never changed schools? What if I never left my little church? What if I never left my job? What if I had been there, like I said in my message, you know, in my mom's final days, I did everything I could as often as I could to get from Indianapolis back to Chicago, literally into the city. My mom was at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and stayed overnight with her, brought my computer with me, worked from the hospital on many, many occasions. I did everything I could to be physically present with her when she needed me the most. But still, my family, everyone. Tell Jed, can you tell Jed to be quiet? <laughs> that's a Cleo. Sorry, guys. That's Cleo. Oh, that's, that's your dog. Cleo. Oh, that's Cleo. That's uh, I'll, not I'll mute a Maggie. My mic. She keeps barking. <laughs> keep, keep talking. That's not a Maggie bark. Um, yes. You know, my attempts to be as present as I could be, I still felt uh, a longing or a guilt that I lived three hours away. And couldn't be there for the things like laundry or yeah. making your dinner, or, you know, helping my dad in any way that I could, you know, anyway. So, so it wasn't just what if it was like almost regret. Yeah. That I, it was, I think it was twofold. I think it was regret, but it was the what ifs of the hypothetical what life be like, had I made different choices, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. better or worse. Yeah. Like I can, turn that argument around and say, man, if I never raised church, then I never would have met this person who's so important to me, or I never would have, you know, been able to encourage this person have, or even I point back to my trip to Ukraine a lot. Had I never come to grace, I never would have made that trip. And that was a powerful, powerful trip, both for me Mm. and for mission to Ukraine. So, Mm. you know, I could, the what ifs, I guess they kind of go both ways. If her came to grace, that would have been a travesty. But my family to come to grace also just created this huge point pain and, you know, something that I have to grapple with on a regular basis. Um, And that day I was grappling on the front porch. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because she had passed away, months earlier it was this kind of like clarifying of look it's done you don't have to constantly feel like oh i should go back home like it's hard to shake that feeling when you've been living that way for two years and then suddenly it's gone i remember saying out loud can i just be here can i just live here now can i allow to live here and be okay that if this mm-hmm. is where you've called me, I can let go of this constant tug back to Chicagoland and this constant pull back home. Can you just like let my shoulders relax? Let me mm-hmm. just sink in and grow where I'm planted. And can I just live here now? Can I just make this yeah. a thing? Even yeah. though I'd been here for three years at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was my prayer that day. Um, that God would help me to be here and feel a sense of 
like feel okay with the permanence, I guess. Like it's okay to say that I live here. I'm not just here visiting. I'm not just here for a couple of years. You know, it's okay. I'm here now. Yeah. I prayed for vision, something to look ahead to because I needed that. I think my dad mm. that right now. I think anyone who, who loses a loved one has this moment where they desperately need something to look forward to because what they lost was so, so great and took a large part of them <laughs> um, mm -hmm. emotionally and, and sometimes even physically. So I, I was praying that God would give me something to reach for even a challenge like, okay, yeah. Lord, here, what's next? What do we, what do we got? Help me to be here and help me to reach ahead. And I put it in the app notes um, but not four days later, I get a call from Barry. I never get phone calls from Barry. I might get the occasional text, the occasional group <laughs> text with the two of you, but never a phone call ever. And so I remember seeing the phone ringing on my kitchen countertop going like, oh, that's weird. That's the day <laughs> that Barry trouble. called. That was the day that Barry called to ask if I would ever consider teaching on a weekend. Hmm. hmm. And it was so profound. Jed wasn't home. I had this moment alone in my kitchen where it was like, did I not just ask the Lord to yeah. challenge me and to give me something for? And now there's this big, scary thing. I'm telling you, I would sit, I'd lead worship. I'd go sit off on the side of the sanctuary and I would watch Tim and Dave and Barry and Amy deliver these messages that are 30, 34, 41 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and I would think I could never do that. I thought that actual thought, I could never yeah. do that. I So it was a big, scary challenge, but because I had just had that moment on the porch, it was like this instant, okay, Lord, you heard my prayer. You're giving me what, what I asked you for now it's on me right. if I'm actually going to, you know, be brave and reach for the thing yeah, and, and let go of the past. So it was interesting to preach through this message because I just lived this said in my message. So many of us, most of us, if not all of us, this is something that we come back to again and again mm. and again. You don't just surrender your life once you surrender your life over and over again, you take up your cross daily is the thing we do on an ongoing basis. And I'll probably come to this point again, you know, when my kids leave home, you know, when yeah. my life's yet again, or, or the next time there's a big challenge on the horizon for me professionally or spiritually or, you know, relationally, whatever you, you keep coming back to this point of choosing to let go and move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is focusing on verse 13, chapter three of Philippians, but Barry, do you, do you have one of those moments of forgetting the past and looking forward what lies ahead? Do you have like a front porch moment for your own I mean, story or life? Yeah, there have been a few. I mean, one of them was quitting college. Like I, I dropped out after my junior year of Bible school. I ended ultimately a couple of years later went back and finished, but like I dropped out because what was behind was so hindering me that my faith, my life, my vision, my ministry, everything was falling apart and I was just lost. And so I felt God calling me to leave and I did. And then that's what 
that's what led me to spend my year in Kenya. And that year transformed my entire life and put me on a trajectory that changed everything. Um, and I think the other big one was the, the kind of front porch moment was when I was asked to consider um, interviewing to become the candidate for the successor to the senior pastor. That was a lot of things, <laughs> but it was a long process. But when, when I, when I was asked that, and I've talked about this before, um, man, I was, I was running my own ministry. I was traveling around the world. I was going on adventures and, um, I mean, I was like at a point where maybe things were going to need to change in the ministry to be, to be more effective. But so, so it was, it, it was an okay time to transition, but at the same time, like, moving to the suburbs or living in the suburbs, being kind of rooted in one place, not going on all these big travels and adventures. Uh, that was something that for me, it was like the big scary thing that God was calling me into. Cause it, it was like, as weird as it sounds traveling the world and kind of going on my own and like living in slums and stuff that had become the easy thing for me because mm. it was something I was, I had become comfortable in. I was, I was comfortable in my skin there. I liked who I was when I was there. I didn't know, I didn't know who senior pastor Barry would be. And hmm. so that calling to consider that was a point of wrestling for me. Cause I really had to, um, I really had to wrestle and ask God, is this, are you actually calling me to this? Um, and ultimately I felt like he was. And so I said, yes, stepped into the role and, you know, six, seven years later, here we are six years later from that point. So what about you? Yeah. You got one? <clears throat> well, like Marin said, I I'm, I'm one of those people I've, I've had many, front porch moments. I haven't had language to put, call them that, but as someone who <clears throat> I've been very upfront about this on this show, as someone whose brokenness includes like the felt need to be in control or control my circumstances, <clears throat> there's been, there's been many times where I've been reflecting on or in prayer and have asked God to help me let go, um, take my illusion of control away one particular moment, what uh, I think I'm, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever talked about this or not, but uh, I was in college. I was senior year, and I, looking back now, it's almost similar to to 2020, where it, it, it's it's into what I've or we collectively have been experiencing in the in a pandemic now. But there was a ton of personal loss in my life in senior year of college, and mm -hmm. in a very short time period too, I lost six people in unrelated events. Uh, they, they passed away in unrelated events in like a two month period. And there were many front porch moments, but one in particular, I was in Florida. It was spring break. I was in college and I was there because that's where my uncle's funeral was. It was mm. in Florida. And, uh, I was sitting on the beach at sunrise, uh, with my friend and his mom. And while I was in Florida to attend my uncle's funeral, I had, um, the night before his funeral, I got a call that a friend of mine who was in the military was killed in Afghanistan. Wow. And so that I would need to come home from this funeral to go attend mm. another funeral. Um, so all of this is coinciding with, with a time of my life where darkness that I haven't experienced since they're just like sinful and bad decisions and choices. And I was clinging to whatever semblance of like control I could feel or, or not feel, I guess. But, um, on the morning, uh, after, uh, on that beach at sunrise, my friend's mom said to me, like, I know you're angry. I know you're angry at God. I know that things don't make sense right now, 
and that's okay. They're, they may never make sense, but God has not given up on you. God has not stopped loving you because of what's happening. Hmm. Um, and I believe that one day someone who isn't as strong as you will need to hear that. And you'll be the one to tell them the good news that God loves them despite their pain and their situation. And hmm. so that was an on the porch moment for mm-hmm. me because it took it took my eyes off of what was happening and and literally in the moment on the beach i was i i, I started thinking about something in the future like maybe mm. god will use me mm. someday mm. for this and you know smash cut here we are 15 years later and i'm hosting a podcast talking about <laughs> this topic uh, with you guys since then i've had the privilege of leading worship um being a youth group leader <laughs> and friend to people who have been broken by their circumstances and i get to talk about this so how cool is that you know but yeah yeah that's 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 a front porch moment that i point to a lot yeah Hmm. all right and here are the things that you said we can train ourselves with every prayer every praise every bible verse every spiritual discipline every act of self-giving love every moment of surrendering control uh these acts allow for us to endure and when i heard that I was like, yeah, no problem. Piece of cake. <laughs> I feel yeah. all trained up. I feel super uh, easy, ready to run the race. So then you gave us a list of 10 reasons we have to rejoice. And I, I don't want to go through them all, but if you friend of the pod want to write them down, print them out or something, you should go watch the sermon. Um, but the one that stands out to me that matters the most is that um, I think it was the first one you said, I have a God, well, basically, I have a God that will never give up on me. And it was a, was that a la- the Lamentations yeah. verse? Mm-hmm. And for someone, you know, who I just said, someone who I feel needs to feel like I'm in control a lot, um, I have dozens of porch moments where I have to surrender. Um, knowing that God hasn't and won't give up on me reaching my destiny, it 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 matters. And so... Of all of those things, of all those reasons, and there's probably many, many more, but of the 10 reasons, which ones, which ones give you the most comfort or which ones stand out the most to you in terms of reasons to rejoice? Which ones resonate the most with, with you guys personally? Kind of in tandem with that one, the Lamentations one, it was your steadfast love never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I remember the first time that scripture took hold in my life and it was like, ha. Ah, Every morning, they're new every morning. (laughs) Glory, hallelujah. And it's one of those scriptures that I've carried since probably my early 20s. Um, Yeah, because I can remember I I wasn't even married at the time. Um, That has been like a life scripture, just this cornerstone of a scripture. But right um, in tandem with that one, it's the Philippians 2, 13, that He is working in me right now, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Because sometimes we feel like, well, I just can't, I can't live up to your expectations, Lord. Or I just, I can't, I can't get this part of my life right. Or things just seem impossible. But when I read that scripture, what I read is that he not only gives me the power to overcome challenges in my life, but he'll give me even that desire in my heart, even the mm, very mm-hmm. desire I have to keep running the race as faint as it may be at sometimes when I'm, when I'm tired or when I'm discouraged, 
he plants that desire in my heart. And then he doesn't just leave me out there hanging. He he gives me the power to keep hmm. running, mm-hmm. to keep carrying on. Mm. And that's encouraging to me. I think I put it in all caps on my notes that you are working. You are working. And we we sing songs like that. Even when I can't see it, even when I don't yeah. feel it, he is working. And that's so important and just almost a pivotal part of my daily life. It's like, okay, Lord, I don't feel equipped. When Barry asked me to start, you know, considering teaching on the weekend, are you kidding me? Like I, there's part of me that's just like, there's no way. Like I said, I can't, I could never do that until I can let go and trust that it is God who is working and it is God who will equip and give me the power to do it. Right. Mm, right. You know, mm-hmm. when I can yep. let go of what I consider my limitations and believe in something bigger than me, who's already giving me the power. That's everything. Yeah. I feel the same way. That That's the verse that stood out to me as well. I think, especially in the role that I'm in now, like I have no business being a senior pastor <laughs> of a church like Grace. Yeah, we know. Like I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not cut out for this, right? I'm not. God but, rules. But, I'm only able to do the work that I'm doing because I, I know that it's God working through me and I just have to kind of get out of the way. Um, and that gives me the confidence that gives me joy, even when it's really, really hard, because I believe at the end of the day, I'm, I'm an instrument of him. And so that's what allows me to have joy because I'm, I know it's not up to me. I, if it was, I would be miserable. I would not be joyful because I definitely don't have it in me to do all the things that are asked of me. Um, it's the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that, that goes with the last one, the, the two that really got me choked up were thinking of him with me on the front porch that day, collecting my tears in a bottle Yeah, and thinking of, you know, the promise that he will someday in revelation says, personally wipe away every tear. God will dry the tears from their eyes. And just that imagery of, Ooh, I'm gonna get choked up again. That imagery of my father saying, listen, I know, I know that was hard. I know this is hard. Mm. I think of um, how many people, even within the last year, have suffered significant losses, huge losses, life-altering losses. And to think of God sitting with them, collecting their tears in a bottle, not just because he likes this cool collection of tears, (laughs) but to be able to show them... At the end of their race. Yeah. See my tear collection? Yeah, yeah. To show them at the end of their race <laughs> that I was so close to you, mm-hmm. I caught your tears in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. my daughter, my son, if they're crying, I can't hear them necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not right next to them on their bed, you know, that close in proximity to be able to catch their tears. Yeah. What a picture of our loving God yeah. that just chokes me up every time. Mm. And then to know the promise that he will wipe away our tears. We mm. will. I know, you know, we talk so much at Grace about not wanting to have an escapist eschatology. We're not just getting saved so we can go to heaven. Mm-hmm. I know that. But I'm also extremely comforted yeah. <laughs> at the thought <laughs> that there will be no more sorrow, yeah. mm-hmm. that there will be no more tears, that... um to be in the presence of the Lord is to have fullness of joy hmm. and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I mean, when, when you've walked through a year of grief, you think about this stuff all the time. And I'm thinking about this stuff 
all the time. So yeah. that scripture really just touches me to my core. And then the one I ended with um, was just kind of a paraphrase. I am absolutely certain that, Lord, it was you who began this good work in me. And it's you who will continue this work until it's finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus returns. If I am confident that all of this is the Lord's doing, if I am confident that he began this work, he, you just put his hand on my life the day I was conceived. It's this one. I want this one. She's going to do my work. It's him who began this work. And then when I have those swirling what ifs, what if I never came to Grace Church? What if I would have stayed back home? It helps all of those swirling what ifs to dissipate. Hmm. No, you, you started this work. You initiated this work. You will perfect and finish this work. And that gives me confidence to move forward. Hmm. I wish you were a little bit more passionate about this topic. I mean, I feel, I feel like really, uh, if you could just kind of, I don't know, drum up some level of interest in this. It, <laughs> it really just make for a better pod. <laughs> oh my Lord. Man, thank you so much for, for sharing this message with Grace Church. And I feel like, I don't know what feedback you've received, but I imagine it's been positive. And I feel like it's it's what's what people have needed after your year of just, focusing on the circumstance i mean for me at least <clears throat> so I, I i appreciate you sharing this this message yeah thanks barry where do we go next we are wrapping up the series amy christie will be preaching I'm the scared. final week of the series looking at the last portion of philippians and kind of laying in the plane as paul concludes his letter so uh, i think it's going to be right. good and then i'm I'm back again. Finally, it's been a long, little bit of a longer break than usual uh, at the beginning of February to kick off a whole new series, which guys I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about and nervous about, and I am very much relying on God because I'm like, this, this is going to be interesting. This is the don't get fired series. This is the don't get fired series. Indeed. Yes. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see how the board feels. They, they may decide, you know what? This is too much. This is too much. We're starting over. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Actually, well, friends of the pod, if you listen to this on a Wednesday, sign up for the the webinar. It's in like 45 minutes. <laughs> but everybody else, we'll see you next week. Marion, will you please send us out? Sure thing, y'all. Do justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.